0: Good morning, everyone. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. (laughs) last week I came with one sheet of paper, this week I got three. Well, no, it's not really that bad. (laughs) Uh, But I did want to write out some of the scriptures. So I put them on the computer and expanded the type, and (laughs) it works. What I wanted to talk about today is how to recognize true value. Uh, I think in every part of our life we begin to run into things that just don't work right or they're just not made right. And you wonder, Who is the engineer on this job or who is the architect on this job? Um, it just, sometimes I wonder if I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, seems like it's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. You buy something and it just doesn't work. It's just wrong design. I heard of one automobile, we were actually in in Oregon traveling and we had battery trouble and when the guy was checking our battery and said we were fine, um, just needed a little charge because we had left a a cooler running while the engine wasn't running. (laughs) Uh, But when we uh, had the, the battery looked at, he said good thing you didn't have such and such a car because they have to take the whole fender off in order to get to the battery. What? Where was the designer, the engineer, the architect of this vehicle? (laughs) So I started thinking of uh, things of of poor value that we buy or or own, and then all of a sudden you you can't do anything with it. And uh, we had a company in our town where we lived back uh, pretty close to 20 years ago. But uh, uh, we needed a bed, and they had this pretty good bed company that wasn't too far from us, five miles or so, and they had a happiness guarantee that you could have it for a whole month, sleep in it for the whole month, and if you didn't like it, you could turn it back in with no no problems, no loss. We gave it back in a week. (laughs) Uh, Actually, it was three days, I think, and we decided, no, it's not for us. When they were assembling it, they broke some of the boards. So that was our first clue that it was pretty shoddy workmanship. It was beautiful. It was oak, wood oak color, and it some oak trim on it. I mean, you know, he really said, whoa. And he almost said, don't show of the bedroom because <laughs> it's a little better than our <laughs> station in life, I guess. But anyway, we, uh, uh, we saw things were wrong. When they started putting it against the wall, they said, Have you got a clock radio or anything that you want plugged in? I said, Why? Well, there's a board there and for your mattress to set up against and your headboards on top, you know, the headboard's way up here, and there's a flat surface. But there's no way in there after it's mounted and after it's bolted together. There's these two huge panels up each side, really look nice, and little doors, and you can put a bedside reading in there or something. But once he assembled it, there was no way of undoing that clock radio. You were stuck with that clock radio as long as you lived in that house, I guess, because there's no way to get into it, no way to disconnect it. And we, we just went down the list of what was wrong with this radio, with this, this bed. Um, it about drove us out of the house, too. It had such a strong smell of whatever, from, real formaldehyde, maybe, you know. Uh, it wasn't healthy. And uh, they were going to bring more boards and, and replace the ones that they broke. And Value was not there, right? So when we look at our spiritual values, the true things around us that we need to see, we need to be seeing some value. And I thought, Well, what, what precious. They started with. You know, the precious in the Bible. I think it's 56 times in the Old Testament. And quite a few in the New Testament, not... Quite that many, but quite a few in the New Testament. And I ran across that after Daniel, in the Old Testament, there is no mention of precious. Whoa, this is different. So I went to the New Testament, kind of did the whole thing, and then I zeroed it down. But um, it is surprising how many times Peter talks of precious. Precious. I mean, this big, bold guy with a knife, you know, I'll cut your ear off and then we'll see if we get a fight going. You know, this I can see this strong fisherman that's going to defend the faith, you know. And he uses the word precious quite a few times. Seven times, at least, in those two little books. But wow, this is something to work on. Value system is what I'm thinking, value system. So, let's take our Bibles uh, some I'll quote from the papers that i got written out here and some I'll need to read. But turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to start there. and You know I'm going to stay quite a bit in 1 Peter. but uh, in, in Peter. But 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Chosen of God. So you look up above, oh, it's talking about the newborn babes desiring sincere milk. This must be you and I. That's where we all start, right? And we're precious? Newborn babes? Precious in God's eyes? Ye also are lively stones. I guess that's when you grow up, build up spiritual house, a, um, a holy priesthood, offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So this is a, a growth pattern, right? You start as a babe in Christ, starting just not hardly knowing anything of the scriptures and how they fit together. And you're already special. You're already precious to the Heavenly Father. And as you grow, you should be more valuable to the Lord. okay. Because you're growing in truth and knowledge, you get more valuable to, and yourselves feel more valuable because God loves you. God's caring for you, and He's looking out for you and helping you through different things. Always along the way in life, you you run into certain situations, and wow, this is a God thing. We say sometimes you know people don't want to get too expressive or or name too much territory, but that's good. Everybody begins to recognize that the Heavenly Father is involved. That he is what gives us our our special moments. Gives us value. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. is a great one here too we want to look at. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. So it's just across the page on mine here. For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, behavior, mannerisms, the whole thing, received by tradition from your fathers. That's not because of that, that you're redeemed. But by the precious blood of Christ, as the lamb without blemish and without spot. Wow, the precious blood. We're not just redeemed by blood, to the lambs and goats in the Old Testament, you know, kind of. Uh, it's not that. This is something very special that we need to know about and understand, and and understand that Christ gave his life for us, took our place. We should have taken our own punishments, right? Uh, Punishment was death. You either learn of God and choose God, choose righteousness and live righteous. The only other choice is death, along with all the other wicked. But somebody paid our price. Jesus Christ, his precious blood saved us. Christ paid the penalty that we would be due. There's been lots of little stories that have worked on this, on uh, one-room classrooms and so on, those stories of uh, somebody paying the price for somebody else. And everybody should be marveled by that. Those are stories that used to be in school because they had they had a Christian value system behind them. Now that doesn't exist nowadays, right? He wouldn't dare say that. They just don't exist anymore. He used to read the Psalms. He used to read the Bible in classrooms in school. Now he can't do that anymore. Anyway, so we're looking for this value system that we need. In fact, the book, the video, uh, America, You're Too Young to Die, is, what, 30 years old now? But you can still see it on YouTube. I guess some have told me it's still there. Search for America, you're too young to die. And they asked the man, or they asked people of America, what makes America great? And the Europeans were coming over to find out what makes America great. They found out it was their churches and the teaching of the Bible. Like a church on every corner kind of thing, but they were teaching God's value system. That made the United States great. How about let's make America great again? <laughs> Back to the Bible. <laughs> that would do it, right? So, yes, we need to have the Bible in our lives and, and in our, definitely in our churches. So the penalty for, for sin and wickedness is to die the death and Jesus died on the cross for us. The blood of Christ is life for us. It redeems us or buys us back, uh, purchases us back, buys us back, and gives us our salvation. That price is paid for us. All who repent, uh-huh, you have to make a choice. All those that repent, believe, and accept Jesus Christ as Savior, the word in the Bible says, have eternal life. Have. Some people don't want to hear that. It's here and now. It's in the Bible. We'll run across a few of those verses. But it's here. It's here and now that they have eternal life. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. And I want uh, verse 16. 19 verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? If he says that that way, he's Believing that there's a guarantee paper is going to be handed to him, or word of mouth guarantee, right? this is have, not maybe, that I could maybe have eternal life, that I may have eternal life. And what was the answer? And he's talking to Jesus, asking Jesus first off doesn't want to be called good master. So he says here, and Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? You know what the saying is nowadays? How are you? Oh I'm good. No, 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 wait a minute now. Is that the right way to say things? <laughs> How do you feel today? What are you, what are you doing today? And how's class going? Oh, well, I'm good. No, you're not good, only God. So that's what Jesus said here. There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, if you want life, eternal life, if you want real life, keep the commandments. Oh. Hmm. He saith unto him, Which? It's always good to know which commandments you're talking about. Uh, there's 600 and some in the Old Testament, okay? There's almost that many in the New Testament, like, you know, thou shalt uh, uh, pray without ceasing, you know, <laughs> the different commands in the New Testament. But anyway, here he says, uh, Which? Uh, and so Jesus responds, um, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt uh, not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not, thou, oh, pardon me, honor thy father and thy mother, because in the Old Testament it used to be a matter of life and death. Okay. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's about six, right? Now he could have gone on, right? The young man said unto him, all these have I kept, from my youth, what lack I yet? Oh, should we go back and read the first four? (laughs) Maybe that's what he's lacking. Well, here, let's see. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect... Well, most people say, Oh, you can't be perfect. Don't, Don't put that into the conversation. Otherwise, why did Jesus say that? If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me." What happens? Well, you have to read the rest of the story. The young man went away sorrowful. Couldn't do that. If he had told him some other rules, I suppose, maybe he would have said, Oh yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get on with that, I'll do that. But he didn't want to give up his money, which was his God. Right, thou shalt not have any other god. Yeah, this was this money was his god, evidently, because he couldn't give it up. So we're looking at trying to get eternal life, and have was written here as well. So let's go to John three. John three. We've got a few verses there. I want to read John chapter three. I'm going to start with verse fourteen. John chapter 3 and verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Jesus is relating this to what had happened. They all knew about the brazen or brass snake that was put up high so people could look towards it and they would be saved from death of the bite of the snakes. So these people knew what he was talking about. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Son of Man, who's, who's that? Oh, that's the Savior that they'd been looking for in the Old Testament. This is the one that should come. Verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him, that's Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, should not perish but have everlasting life. Not perish but have. A positive statement that you can have this. You can know that you're saved. And how do you get it? By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you get to verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, and I've got a green line underneath it, so have eternal life. It's yours to have if you want it. Here it is. You can positively know that you made it. I want you to think down the way what Peter, what Paul said at the end of his life. Was he sure? I want you to think of Job in his life. Was he positive about? I have it. It's mine. It belongs to me. And how do you? How do you know? How do you stay there? For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might. If you have a choice, you might be saved. If you want to choose Christ, you can be saved. Okay, one one more I want to go to first John chapter five. And I always loved John after I first did a thorough study of first John. First, second, third John actually. But when you get into the little Johns, as I call them sometimes, it is absolutely amazing what's here. And it's the test. And I, I love to relate this to things in our world. If you're taking a driver's test, they give you the, the right answers, right? And When you get in there, you're supposed to write the right answers in for your driver's test, right? In amateur radio, you do the same thing. They give you a book. You can study the front, and then in the back half is the answers to the questions. <laughs> and it'll tell you this question, B is the right answer. And when I was studying from the harder part of it, they said... You don't have to know the wrong answers. If B is right, just read B, highlight B, and don't look at the rest of it. You know, <laughs> you don't have to know the wrong answers. Well, that's what this First John is all about. We know, it says over and over and over and over. And you can know. And you can do this and you can do that. This is the test and the answers here as well. So first off, let's look at uh, chapter 5 and verse 13. Five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. They already believe. He's going to tell them something else. That you already believe in the Son of God, that ye may know completely, without question, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of, Son of God. Isn't that neat that you can know very positively that you have eternal life? Or that you, you've got something else to do? You know, to find out what it is, if, you, if you're scared that you don't have it. I hear people saying, if I could just get in by the skin of my teeth, I didn't know my teeth had skin, but anyway. <laughs> uh, that is not the question. Some used to say when I was young, if I could just be the doorkeeper you know, of God's eternal kingdom or something rather." No, you don't have to be just the doorkeeper. You can say, I've, I'm I'm going to be in there. I'm going to get it. I'm going to be wherever God wants me. I can walk here and walk there, see this, do that. Because I'm going to be in. But you have to make sure of that. You have to plan ahead. Yeah. If you say you're going to do something and then don't get it done, oh, that's in the scripture too, isn't it? The two sons, the father asked the one son, you, you go and do this and this and this. He said, okay, I'll do it, but then he didn't go. And the other one, he said, you go and do this this and this, and he said, no, I won't do that. But then he changed his mind, he went and did it. That's a nice story, that Jesus told. Okay. Anyways, we have to make decisions in our life to have eternal life. Another thought here is the precious promises of God. Used to have the little book, little little box with little cards in it that's out on the table, and you'd take a card for today and read it and then put it in the back, and next day you'd take this one, read it, and put it in the back. It was all promises of God. You can still get a little book that way, even leatherette type cover of God's promises. God believes in promises and he keeps them. In Second Peter chapter uh, one verse four. Let's, let's turn there because I'm, I'm going to want a verse or two more. So let's go to Second Peter. It's close by here. Second Peter chapter 1. And I want to start with uh, verse 4. Yes, but I want to go all the way to 10. So verse 4 says, Hereby are given unto us exceeding, exceedingly great and precious promises. Do we ever look them up and understand what they are? Wow, They're ours to have if they're promises. God keeps his promise. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You can change your way of doing things, change who you are. Um, You can become saved. You can become a Christian. You can become like Christ. You can walk where Christ walks and do what Christ would do. what would, God, what would Christ do if he was here? You know, we can get that nature in us through some special movements though by accepting Christ, by getting the Holy Spirit in us and so on. We know that there's a little more than, than just the bare bones basics. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. This world is just full of lusts. One thing after another. They lust for the other country's land so they have put up a war. I want more land for my people, so I'll fight the next country and kill them out, and then I'll have their land. Yeah, this is, that's the type of thing that's in our world. So what are we doing here? We're trying to be a partaker of the divine nature that is in Jesus Christ. So we start here with verse 5. Besides, the, this, besides this, giving all diligence. That means we've got to make up our mind and get on with the job. Add to your faith virtue. Okay, you've got to have faith first, right? If you're going to add to it. Where did we get the faith? We accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. faith in him for our eternal life. Faith that he's telling us the truth. Faith that he was our Savior. Faith in the Heavenly Father through Christ. So then you have this faith. What do you do then? And to virtue, knowledge. So you add this to this to this. And you get knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. These build on each other. Uh, For if all these things be in you and abound, that's another rule. You have to make sure that you're abounding in what God wants you to be doing. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I count eight in that bunch. There's eight there that we need to be doing. Are these commands? I think so. <laughs> we need to be doing these things, building our faith and knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. First 9. But he that lacketh. Okay. We don't want to be in that lacking group, but if we think we are. Lacking things is blind. If you are lacking, you're blind. You're not seeing where the truth is and how to handle it. And cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Purged, completely wiped out, washed out, cleaned, gone. They're out of the way. Read read verses where he says, I throw your sins behind my back, and so on. Uh, Put them in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Maybe that's a song more than verses, but (laughs) the idea is there. Uh, God's forgetfulness. He wants to get rid of them. Therefore, or wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence, get on with it, give diligence to making your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You won't fail. You won't backslide. If you make your calling and election, sure. We say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then we say, well, no, you can't do it on your own, actually. Because you need the Holy Spirit. You need to accept Christ. You need God's love. But this is actually saying, you know better. Get on with it. You've made all these steps. You know this truth. You don't have to be told ten times, do you? You know, kind of. We need to get on with the job of uh, being diligent. Making our calling and election sure. We know for sure who our God is and where we're going in the future. And if I die tomorrow or today, I know where I'm heading. I know where I'm going. Okay. So uh, promises that we find in the scriptures are precious because God has given them to us, uh, a blessing in words. That we can depend on. You can really depend on God's promises. He doesn't break them, He doesn't forget His promises. Um, A great value and high esteem. Uh, I should look that one up because I got it underlined and I know I want this verse, but it's in Numbers 23. Numbers 23 and verse 19. For God is not a man, that he should lie, make a promise and then lie about it, or forget it, drop it, don't stay true to it. Neither the Son of Man, we know now in the New Testament, that means Christ, that he should repent, hath he said, and shall he not do it? Question. If God says it, or the Son of Man says it, and he won't do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? When we say, I'm going to do so and so, our word is our honor. You give a handshake, your word is honor. Your handshake is honor. Well, what about the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? Are they going to trick us? Are they going to say it and then not do it? That wouldn't be good. So his promises are sure. It, the promises turns me to John chapter five. I want to make sure that I get things right here. John chapter five and verse twenty four. His promises are for our our use and our salvation, our healing, our comfort, our strength, and everlasting life. And let's see if we find it here in John five and verse twenty four. twenty four. Verily, verily I say unto you He that heareth the word my word and believeth on him that sent me that would be Jesus talking here with the red letters if you believe in Jesus and you believe in the heavenly father that sent him hath maybe no it says hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life People tell all kinds of stories Like when you get to the pearly gates That you're going to have this list of questions done And if you don't answer them right You're not going to get in You're going to be turned away Well don't wait till you get to the gate Right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling Be ready to go Wherever this is going to be But you look the other way around When the trumpet blows And the dead in Christ rise And those that are still living rise Where's your judgment day? and you change in the twinkling of an eye, you get immortality, you're not going to have to stand at this judgment court. Because you're either in or you're out. You're either a sheep that goes on this side and the goats that go on that side. You're either in or you're out, right? Do You have to wait for a judgment day to find out if you got in or not. When you're floating up in the air, you're in. <laughs> and we need to be ready so that when he comes that there will be no question as to whether we're in or not. Okay. So you could read more there. And it's passed from death unto life. I love that. And hath. The word hath. Positive. Okay. Uh, precious are the trials of faith. In First Peter 1 and verse 7 it says, The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. And I've got those written out here. Um, Yeah, I got that one written out here so I can get even more of it if we like. But the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold perisheth, gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. At his appearance, at the appearance of Jesus Christ. You're, You're precious. And you're either made precious, you're found to be of praise, Heavenly Father knows you, and so on. You're, uh, you'll be uh, getting honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. In First Peter chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, But the precious blood of Christ, as the lamb without blemish and without spot, that's the one that we're believing in, learning to, to believe in, uh, I want to look down here a little bit more. Uh, God allows trials in our life. Yeah, you know, sometimes we can get overwhelmed with trials and tribulations. When Peter, Paul was when Paul was giving his history of his service to God, I was in the sea so many times. I was in the deep. You know, I was shipwrecked and I was stoned. I was beaten. I was in prison. And, you know, he went down the list. Those are all trials. And he passed them all. He passed them all. And then that gave him greater strength. The trial of your faith. It teaches us lessons that we need to learn. It tests our determination to be true to him. Trials will keep us deeper with God. And greater blessings from God can come because of that too. The greater the trial and testing, we must go through, the stronger our faith becomes. and you think, Well, let's see, we need Bible examples, right? Job. Well, I'd hate to be Job. <laughs> all of the troubles that he went through, all of his family dying, his wife deserting his reasoning. She said, why don't you just curse God and die and be done with it. Uh, his wife, and on and on and on. But God gave it all back. Sure, he grieved over the ones that that fell because of life. Daniel, when he was put in the lion's den, hey God, I'm supposed to be one of the good guys. What am, what am I doing down in here? Are they going to eat me now or later? You know, <laughs> save me for a snack. You know, not big enough. Um, no, you can't do that. He was praying. God closed the mouths of the lions. Uh, the three Hebrew children. Remember the ones that said, No, I'm not gonna bow to this idol. Can't do that. He said, Well, then we're gonna throw you in the in the oven. See how you like that. And we'll make it seven times hotter, too, by the way. And the guys that threw them in died. And then they came out of there. God fetched them out. What happened to their life after that? Where were they stationed in the government offices? Where was Daniel in the government offices? You know, so you, you, you've got to think that sometimes there's trials be terrible. If you read what Daniel had gone through on his way to Babylon, wow." And his life as it began there, later you say, "Wow, he was really used of God." Okay, so the trials make you stronger. Make you better in the service to the Lord. Um, in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Um, okay, I'm going to have to look that one up. I thought I had it on here. But First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. That's our attitude, what we're supposed to be thinking. Um, think about it ahead of time. Don't think it's strange that you're going to run into trials and tribulations and heartaches and problems and tests. And Don't think that as strange. It's going to happen. It will happen. The thing we need to keep our mind on is that He can bring us through those things. And He can make us better for it and stronger for it. The death of Christians. Sometimes we are concerned about about people that have lived a life and, and uh, they die suddenly. And in uh, Psalm 116 verse 15 it says, "Precious are Precious in the sight of the Lord It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Jehovah. Precious in the sight of Jehovah is the death of his saints. Psalm 116 verse 15. Why is it that way? Well, I wrote on the side here. Look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi. There's a good verse. Chapter 3. And I want 16 and 17. They that feared the Lord, believed, understood his power and authority and abilities, and that gives you an awe feeling of our Heavenly Father, spake often one to another. We we need to be doing that, right? Talk to one another because we love the Lord. Uh, And the Lord hearkened, and heard it. God's listening all the time. He's Pay attention. Look up here. What they're talking about. Talking about the Heavenly Father. He heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him. For they that feared the Lord and had thought upon his name. That's our job. like Right? We need to be thinking on how powerful our God is. What he can do for us. What he does for others. And all the advantages of serving God. And speak to one another about it. Tell each other that and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them, even as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Wow. Are you in his book? I hope so. <laughs> That's what we need to do, right? And he will spare us when all these troubles and problems come by. I love that when he says, "I am." they are mine. <laughs> you can't, Bother them. You can't get away with anything here. Um, Christians should not fear death. You know, I guess we've all got it built into us to want to live. That's normal. We want to live. We want to survive. And we'll fight through some problems or we'll live through some problems because God put that in our heart that we have a desire to live. But don't fear death. When Paul... Um, Paul said that, that he would live. For me, to, for me, Paul, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's what he said in uh, Philippians 1 verse 21. So when I think of all these advantages that we've had, and I, I didn't read very many of these um, promises, so I'm going to go over them real quick here. In First uh, Peter two and verse four, it says, "To whom, coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious." That's saying Jesus is precious, our Savior is precious. Okay, in First Peter two and verse six, wherefore also it is. Contained in the Scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Shall not. Again, okay, in First Peter one, Second Peter one, and verse one, Simon Peter, a servant of, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and, the, uh, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, and then um, there's 2 Peter 1 and verse 4 and 1 to 10. Yes, I already read that one about the divine nature that we're trying for. And then Isaiah 28 and verse 16, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, special stone, Tried stone. Not just anyone. You know that this is a good strong stone. And precious cornerstone. That whole building is going to be built. Leaning against that cornerstone. A sure foundation. Which is Jesus Christ. And he that believeth on him. Shall not make haste. We're going to know where we're going. What we're doing. So that's a strength for us. To be, be able to keep that up. One verse more. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, (coughs) verse 30 to 31, that's the end of the, 32 yeah, the end of the chapter, so chapter, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. Are sealed. Past tense. If you're not, you better get it figured out, right? Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. If you're sealed, no problem. Look forward to the future. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Get those things out of your life. don't allow them in there. But be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. God bless you.